So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. It is the end of, uh, what, really, 2021. We're about to get into 2022. And with 2022, you're going to talk about doing some new things. And one of those new things that is starting to hit a little bit of a buzzword in the industry are Google Ads. Actually, I saw a post about it this morning in one of the Facebook groups. Hey, do I know anyone that can run my Google Ads for me? Um, Because my guess is that Facebook's not doing what it used to. Um, and that's the only ad platform real estate industries ever actually attempted to do anything on. And, um, they're resorting to Google ads. And, you know, personally, I've been doing those, um, YouTube ads for about nine months. I've not cracked the code. I've not, uh, but I generate a lot of business from them. No way are they optimized, but I also am running a lot of Google display ads right now. And those are doing really well. Um, I'm getting a lot of for retargeting purposes. I love them, but I'm going to take today's lesson or podcast as a lesson myself because there's a lot of work I personally need. So we get an email, um, like most people come on the show, say, hey, I got this Google Ads expert. I'm like, perfect. We're getting all kinds of questions on this. So we brought him on today. Um, Nick, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody whom you are, what you do, and then let's get into this interview. Thanks for having me on, Mike. My name is Nick Sukalis. I own a company called Real Top Marketing out of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, We help all types of professional service businesses, including a lot of real estate brokerages, financial services companies, and so on, generate tons and tons of qualified leads using uh, Google Ads, amongst other things. Um, But I would say that's our our core focus. We've generated to date, um, and this isn't actually counting every single client, but over 89,000 paying clients using Google Ads. So that's that's our claim to fame. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get in. There's all kinds of questions about um, Google ads. And you guys, these are the ones that pop up at the top of the search results. So you see ad and it's like blue font. Um, And if you're not number one, no one goes to page two. That's why people are doing them. Um, You either get there two ways. We either SEO and rank there, which I'm going to go on a wild limb and say 99.9% of the real estate and mortgage industry don't have enough content to rank. Um, yep, right, organically. Uh, so, yeah, how are you how are you going to compete with Zillow and Redfin and these guys exactly. that have a hundred people just writing content? It's it's difficult for the sole practitioner, even a even a local brokerage, to even come close to what they've got going. So, walk me through um, from a real estate agent's perspective. Let's do this in three ways: real estate agent, lender, um, and then seller lead generation. So, people who own homes, because these are the top three topics. Um, and how we would reach these people. Um, first off, let's go to the targeted. Um, what can you do on Google that you can no longer do on Facebook? Well, there's there's kind of a fundamental difference, right? So you have, and I'm gonna actually put aside display for a second. I'm even gonna put aside the majority of YouTube for a second and just simply talk about the, the two fundamental differences between Google search ads, so I'll be a little bit more specific, and, and even just Facebook ads, okay? Um, Facebook is an amazing platform. You, you can create zillions of cheap leads. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a powerhouse right now, but um, it, it's disruptive marketing. 
So someone isn't necessarily looking for what you have to offer when you put that ad in front of them. Okay. And that's okay. Cause be, you know, if, you know, if, if they're interested and they fit the demographic and they inquire, eventually you're going to have business. Okay. There's, there's no question. It's a powerhouse, but Google or especially Google search ads, you have people that are super high intention. They're looking for what you have to offer when they see that ad. Um, they might've already tapped on the shoulder of their referral sources and said, Hey, you, you got a guy that, that can sell my house or Hey, you got a guy that can find me a house. They already did that. And, and they didn't find someone. So what do they do? They just went to Google or they're just slightly introverted, have no friends and they just live on Google. Right. And they search for companies there. So what we find is the actual sales cycle, because these people are so motivated, the sales cycle is far shorter with these people that are looking for your services. So as long as you can, as long as the searches exist, okay. Cause sometimes you have markets that the searches just aren't there. Okay. As long as the searches exist, you can get in front of them with an ad that doesn't oversell, which we can talk about that, and then get them to some sort of landing page experience that literally matches what they were looking for. You could do business very, very quickly using Google. Um, you can turn a profit very, very quickly. Now, the cost per click is going to be, I mean, it could be 10x what you're paying on Facebook, but you should be able to in a lot of cases, generate revenue a little quicker. Even if it's more expensive, it seems you, we can typically get cash flow, um, cash flow working a little earlier, if that makes sense. Yep. So we're talking about intent-based versus disrupting somebody's couch um, while yeah. they're watching the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and he's right. Your costs are going to go up higher, um, but it's going to be a better quality lead overall because it's people that are look, looking for what the hell you do. They need those help. So you're solving somebody's problem. Um, with it. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Why don't we hit into um, um, targeting and just start with search. Let's not get into display yet. So let's talk about search ads. I'm sure you're targeting the same, but um, let's start with just search ads uh, for the real estate industry. Um, who can we target? I mean, here's the cool thing about search. Okay. It's not necessarily a matter of picking the right age group um, or or you know the the right audience. Okay, you can really target people just based on searches, and you can add some other filters. Obviously, your you know your zip codes. You know you can only do business in a certain area, but you can you can target people that are looking that that are typing in exactly what you can offer. Okay, so you don't have to worry about making sure that that audience matches exactly what could possibly be a customer because you're not you know, you're not disrupting, uh, you're not disrupting them. Okay. They're, they're looking for it. So really you're targeting. I actually think it's a lot easier now. Now some industries tend to be, or the searches tend to be so broad. Okay. So we have clients that are attorneys and you have people that literally search for attorney. Okay. But they need a malpractice attorney and they'll go to 10 different attorney websites. Um, you know, looking for a malpractice attorney. Um, and every time they click on one of those websites or those ads, they're wasting someone's cash, unfortunately. Um, so an industry like that can be very finicky and very tricky when you're doing your keyword bidding. And real estate can be as well, because you could bid on literally the word, sell my house, get a bunch of different variations of that. And people are just looking for websites to you know, value their house like Zillow, and they're not necessarily looking for a real estate professional. And that's where, you know, when we have someone that is kind of new to Google ads, okay, and maybe they don't have a massive Zillow sized budget, okay, but they're doing, you know, they, they're doing great business in a particular zip code. What we'll typically do is we'll target keywords like, you know, 
real estate broker, real estate company. We won't just we won't target just the word real estate or real estate listing. We want someone that is looking for the professional, the actual person that's going to assist them. And that allows us to do away with some of the garbage traffic that won't turn into a lead ever. Let me uh, stop you right there. Super interesting. Um, whereas uh, most people, and we're talking about keywords. So guys, mm-hmm. there's, there's a couple of ways you could run ads in Google. And um, even before I go on to this, you could reach people who type in certain keywords, which is what I believe is best practices. Yep. But you could also, um, there's several other different forms of, of targeting and you could target them by, based on demographic, income, all this other kind of crap, right? Interest, all this other stuff. But from everything I've seen, yeah, I, I think the keywords is what um, people are, what works the best. But what's interesting about what he just said was not necessarily um, focused on the keyword that they type in on the problem they have, but the keyword that they type in based upon the person who can help them solve it. And that's a difference um, right there. So if you didn't catch that, uh, think about that. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the filters. Otherwise, you're just going to blow a ton of cash. We've seen agents do it. They're bidding on re- literally real estate in their zip code. And they're getting all of Zillow's traffic. People trying to price out their house, and there's 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 no money there, you know. Or they're getting a lot of people that come to the website, and they do want to poke around, or they'll use their um, their home value engine, you know, whatever they're running on their website, and and that's great. You can capture some data there, but I usually suggest doing that as kind of a phase two of Google. So phase one, I usually like to launch campaigns. People looking for the professional, um, even if the traffic isn't a ton of traffic the leads will be quality. They'll be super high intention. And once we've sort of maximized the campaign like that, and we've kind of squeezed everything we can out of it in terms of how many leads we could generate at the right price, then we'll move on to like a phase two, which is an additional campaign that's a little bit more broad, knowing that we're going to get some tire kickers. We're going to get some guys that click around. We're going to have a higher bounce rate, but you know, you just work out the formula at that point a little differently. And when you guys are searching um, for different keywords, because uh, a lot of people are, what are you guys just using Keyword Planner and Google, or are you guys using anything in, in particular? And then I have a follow-up yeah, after that. We're a big, big fan of Keyword Planner, but also we're a big, big fan of SpyFu. SpyFu has been our, our go-to lately. I mean, because we can, we don't have to totally reinvent the wheel. And I think that's something important for a lot of the listeners out there. I mean, and you, you know better than anybody, especially with social media ads, you can see what the other guys are doing. Facebook will give you the data. Google will give you the data. And now these third-party engines can literally give you everything. So why try to reinvent the wheel? Just use one of these tools. In tool resting. Um, how much money do people need to spend on something like Google ads? You know, like to, get, to hit a campaign, they are more expensive. How does someone know... and? And this is something I, I struggle with too, is like when you look at the audience size, it's based on impressions and my brain's looked at, just looks at different, like it was like millions and millions and millions, no matter what. So like when you're sitting there, like looking at a Google ad um, or a, a keyword, like how do you determine which is the right answer? How much do you need to spend to actually make an impact? Um, I see a major drop off in, or pick up in Facebook when I go over hundred bucks a day versus under it. And there's all, it seems like that's almost like that threshold, but is that true for Google and how does that work? Yeah, Google, I mean, I hate to say it, right? But the barrier of entry is definitely higher than it was five years ago, way higher than it was a decade ago when I really first started getting into Google ads. So we'll get 
you know, we'll have a brokerage or a professional services business hit us up and say, Hey, you know, I want to test this out with $500 in ad spend the first month. And as much as I'd like to help them, what we find is when we do the numbers, Google's been around so, so long that there are already companies occupying those top three spots. They've already made their money back a hundred times. So now they're playing with the house's money in terms of marketing spend. So they'll just auto bid for those top spots. So the little guy, he doesn't have that low barrier of entry. Whereas, you know, with social ads, at least you're paying for impressions. So you almost have not almost, you're not completely, but an unlimited inventory with Google. It's like you're limited with the number of searches. You're limited to those top three to four spots. Page two is essentially totally useless. Um, so the barrier of entry is much higher. When I get an inquiry like that, I tell people, what's your budget for the year? Um, and if it's not at least $1,000 per month to start, I, I tell them, don't even waste your time yet. You know, get out there, start knocking on doors, you know, start posting TikTok videos because I don't think it's going to be for you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and do you see a certain audience size that's relative to that or, or do you just, you, you don't you even look at that? Well, yeah, sometimes we'll have a customer that's only doing business in a particular zip code. And, um, and we do the, you know, we jump at the keyword planner and we do our forecasting and we find there's, you know, there's 50 searches in that particular zip code. And, um, you know, if you, if you take a two or 3% click through rate, and then you take 20% of those clicks turning into leads, really, what do you get? Maybe a lead, uh, you know? So you wonder like all the time management that goes into monitoring these campaigns, is it worth it to get a lead or two where maybe you could be out there, I don't know, going to your local chamber of commerce meetings and asking for referrals and getting the same thing. So yeah, yeah. you, you want to have a decent pool size. That, I mean, that requires me to get up off my ass and actually do some though. So, I mean, what the hell? I don't <laughs> want to do that shit. That's too much work. Funny story. I, I was at a chamber of commerce meeting the other night, a random town that I don't live in. It was like a wedding crasher chamber of commerce meeting and Bill Burr's brother was there randomly lives in the town. That's funny. <laughs> Interesting, man. So um, also I noticed when you're doing Google ads, um, there's different, like they could say, like, let's just say I type in real estate agent, real estate broker, realtor. And then it says, you want a specific keyword search or do you want it very broad? Um, what do you guys do on like a phase one when you're starting a new campaign for something like that? Great question. So for those of you that have never run a Google campaign, when you bid on a keyword, there are three different ways you can bid on the specific keyword. So let's use that example. Let's say real estate broker or even real estate company, right? You can bid on real estate company exact match, which is they have to type that exact thing in exactly how we just said and wrote it. Then you have phrase match, which is a slight variation of real estate company, which could be like the worst real estate company, the yeah. best real estate company, um, some variation of it. And then you have a broad match. Okay. And broad is a recipe for disaster for almost every campaign early on, because that could be a sentence with the word in it. It could be um, real estate sucks. It, it could be the word real attached to, you know, find me a real juice, uh, juice press machine. Like any variation of that word or that phrase that you can imagine, it's too loose. So usually when we start these campaigns, especially in real estate, we're starting with exact match. It doesn't produce a ton of traffic, but what we find is the traffic is super quality. And even if it only generates a few leads here and there, we know the client's not burning through their cash. And then we build on that. The majority of companies and actually Google suggestion, if you deal with a Google agent, they're not going to like this. 
they usually want you starting with broad match. And then they tell you to prune the tree to thin out your campaign from all the bad searches. By then you've blown through you know, tens of thousands of dollars and you don't have to, you can do the opposite. Start small and then add slowly. You know, Google's a for-profit company. Keep that in mind. That's what, in a lot of the, um, when you're doing the keyword research, like let's just say buy house, sell house fast. You know, a lot of the uh, wholesalers and the rehabbers, you see all their keywords. They do different variations of sell my house fast or something like that. Um, but if you're like, if you're narrowing down your area and say your local business, like there, the search isn't high. Um, what type of keyword volume do people need to look at if they're thinking about researching some other uh, keywords to start hitting? Well, I think it's a matter of conversions, right? Reverse engineering the formula. Okay. So let's say your goal is to get, I don't know, four deals a month out of your campaign. Okay. And you know, out of those four deals, you need to generate, I don't know, 20 leads. Okay. And you know, the traffic that's going to come to your website, it's real estate. It's a little bit loose, only 5% of the traffic it's going to turn into a lead. Then you can kind of reverse engineer that and say, you know, I'm going to need to generate you know, to generate those 20 clicks, I'm going to need to get, um, what's the math there? How many clicks? 20 divided by, this is why God gave us calculators, right? <laughs> so 20 divided by, so we're going to need to generate 400 clicks per month to get to those four deals. So if you get with a pro that's been doing it long enough, that's the question they're going to say, hey, how many deals do you want to generate from this? And the other thing they're going to say is, what are you willing to pay per deal? What's your cost per acquisition? That's another thing. Some people are like, all right, let's generate traffic. All right, traffic's sexy, but I'd rather say, hey, professional realtor guy, right? If I can get you a deal today, how much are you willing to pay in marketing expenses for that? Yeah. Oh, I make 10 grand on a deal. I'm willing to pay two grand in marketing expenses. Great. Let's reverse engineer that. And I'll take a formula like that. I'll reverse engineer that and say, all right, we need 400 clicks. Right now we're looking at, $6 a click in the zip codes you can do business in $6 a click. You're going to spend. Bucks. Yeah. 2,400 bucks. Do you have the budget for that? Oh, you don't, don't waste your time. You know, that's, um, um it's crazy. And I'm sure this is like in all the professional industry, not just in, in real estate. And, um, it makes our, uh, egos feel better. Like when we're getting a bunch of like leads and, and people, you see this in Facebook a lot. Oh, I got Oh, I'm getting $5 per buyer lead. And you're like, great. We got to go through 700 of those until you actually get a closing. Um, and we feel like it, here's why we look at cost per lead versus cost per listing contract. Um, and any rehabber, if you guys listen to a few of the episodes ago, tune into the one with Dustin um, DeFratis and he runs his, he's talking about, you know, scaling in a local operation and owning properties. And his whole thing is not cost per lead. It's cost per contract. He doesn't care about the cost per lead. And he'd rather get five leads a month than to get 300 tire kickers. And it saves him a lot of time. It saves him a lot of energy for conversion. But that's the way that we have to start thinking. That's how you always have to be thinking. Our business is so fucking eagle fold. It's like, we just <laughs> care about what people say. It's like, me, 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 me. Like, <laughs> none of us have, it's true. Like, I was so bad at running business with numbers until just about three years ago. And even when I moved out of here in San Diego, and I look back and it's embarrassing. And I look back at my career as a real estate agent and how much shit I threw at the wall. And I would literally just feel better about myself because I had leads coming in and they stroked my ego when I really should have just said, dude, I, I don't even want to know what my ad cost was, but I was probably losing money, to be honest with you. 
right? And people don't look at it that way. Because if I have leads coming, they're like, oh, keep the leads are coming. The leads are coming. Fuck the leads, dude. Give me the damn contracts. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and you know what? I've noticed this. I did that early on in my career. My last company, we did a ton of volume. And um, we reached a certain plateau. We, hit it, we ran a bunch of different marketing campaigns. We did well. But then we reached a plateau. And then I met with some guys that were running companies that were 10 times the size of mine. This was a financial services call center. And uh, like, how are these guys so big? And I met with this one guy and he's like, what's your cost per acquisition? And I was like, it's $100. He's like, well, I pay $200 to acquire customers. I'm like, wow, you pay so much more. But his operation was 10X. And essentially, he created that threshold for himself. He said, I'm willing to pay $200 to acquire clients. And what he would do is he would go out into the marketplace to call centers, to marketing companies, to agencies. He had so many different people funneling him business because he knew, I'll get you $200 if you can get me a deal. That was it. How it plays out in terms of ad cost, agency fees and everything, that, that was just like logistics. He didn't care about that. But he got to the point where he was setting up sales. People were setting up sales organizations, just selling him files at 200 bucks a pop and he would just buy them ready to go deals. So if you can figure out your, your cost per acquisition, okay, um, you can go out into the marketplace and, and hunt for business, okay? Yeah. And it, it, it's free business at that point. If I can give someone $200, I give you $200 and you can hand me 300. What do I care if, you, if, if I pay 200 or 100? It's, it's free money at that point. And yeah. I think that's the difference between the big guys and the little guys. They have that number and they hunt with it all day long. Yeah. And that's why they've got these massive operations. I mean, it's, it's for the individual though. It's, it sounds like it's a big, it's a big nut for a lot of people realistically. And they, they throw it when it's just getting started, you guys, it's like, once you get started, you're like, what was I ever worried about? But it's that first month or two when you're just wondering if it's going to work. And, um, you know, there's a lot of BS out there. So I understand. But you got to put a risk. You're an entrepreneur, damn it. Like, you don't just, it's not an easy road, man. You want to sell a lot of houses? We'll take a lot of risks. You want to make up, you know, you have to. It's just the way it's all, it's what we've all done. Um, anybody in the same, I'm sure you have this very similar story as mine. You probably risked something and now you have a good, successful business. Well, you fail forward in everything we do. And this is just another one of those things. Um, let's go into display ads, um, a little bit. Um, so we just talked about search ads, guys. Those are the ads for search. You get popped up. Um, let's talk about how display ads work a little bit. And if you could sort of give everybody the concept. So I'll give you guys a, a quick summary display, um, as well as uh, discovery, which is part of it. Literally just when you're browsing the internet, you have a lot of websites that are getting paid by Google to have uh, banners uh, all over their websites, right? And they get a commission for it. So you're popping around your Gmail, you got ads there. You're popping around YouTube, you got banner ads there and picture ads there. You're popping around different websites uh, that have uh, uh, Google embedded on their sites for to make some cash. And, and you see these banners everywhere. It is very much it's very much disruptive marketing in the same way Facebook is, okay, or Instagram ads are, Snapchat ads are. Obviously, they're not as dynamic. You know, you're not going to have, you know, really cool video pop up on someone's random website for an ad, but those banners are there. The cost per click for those are way, way, way cheaper than a cost per click for someone that is searching for what you have to offer for search. And they serve a purpose, okay? Um, what we like to do, Mike, is we like to start using display in tandem with search for remarketing purposes. So the people that are leaving the website, um, 
we like to we like to show up everywhere they go, whether it's yeah. YouTube or anywhere on, on that network. And we like to use remarketing, obviously, inside the Facebook Instagram network too. Um, but we'll first use display to take warm traffic and warm it up a little bit more. And usually try to try to hit them with an offer to get them back into the site. That's usually phase one. Uh, phase two with display is cold traffic. Okay, uh, but and this is a big but. It's a different beast, okay? It's disruptive marketing. It's cold traffic. It's not something that get that can just be done, you know, where, where you, you get the clicks and and that's it. You usually have to remarket your uh, your display traffic as well, multiple multiple times, and actually immerse them with YouTube ads, with Facebook ads, with Instagram ads. So if you're doing cold display. You should be hitting them on social. You should be hitting them on YouTube with video. That's the way to make that effective. And also, you know, you got to realize that that sales cycle online, just just in this part of the funnel, the marketing part of the funnel, it's it's going to be much longer than than a search ad. Okay. And then on top of that, when you're generating these leads, the sales cycle of of those leads is going to be much longer as well because they might not necessarily be ready to buy today but they still want to be part of your ecosystem getting info from you. So you got longer marketing cycle, longer sales cycle, but display, by the way, the majority of businesses that I work with, they never even get to graduate to display. They never fully maximize their, their marketplace in search. So it's very rare. We even go to display for cold traffic. We're usually yeah. just hanging out there for remarketing most of the time. That's exactly how I'm using it. Hey guys, I want you guys to go ahead and do a test right now. I want you to go visit www.realestatemarketingdo.com www.realestatemarketingdo.com. And I'm going to be all over your ass, wherever you go, <laughs> no matter what, you're going to see what we just talked about. Yeah. In your dreams, in your sleep, like, like Freddy Krueger, just everywhere, yeah. everywhere. That'd be, a, that'd be neat. If we could just market to people in their dreams. Like while they're sleeping, it'd be great, folks. The people uh, you give into the one—that's exactly how I'm using it, um, and that's refreshing to hear uh, you say it. I'm just using it for retargeting. I'm retargeting my YouTube views, and I'm retargeting my website visitors, uh, and I'm retargeting my email list um, throughout that. But uh, that's very, very good. Cool. Um, anything else you think we need to add in here? Um, that um, I don't know. Anything that think people should know? Yeah, my suggestion is. Yeah, and this is just a, more of a general tip. Um, and then this is actually coming from a sales guy. I'm a sales guy before I'm a marketing guy. I got into marketing because I needed to generate my own leads. Okay. And I didn't want to waste my time. Maybe I'm lazy. Maybe I just want to be efficient. Call it what it is. But if I get on the phone with 10 people, I want to be able to close a minimum of two or three of them minimum. And I want high intention people. So don't be afraid to pay a high cost per click. Don't be afraid to pay a big cost for a lead. Focus on quality, um, quality, 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 because that's going to get your cash flow moving right. Okay, that's going to give you the shortest sales cycle. And when the cash flow is right, you can keep buying leads. You can spend as much as humanly possible. In fact, you will. You'll 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 want to spend as much as you can. It's a funny thing when you can get a return on marketing, any sort of positive return. It's um, it's unbelievable how much more money you want to spend. It's like making money on the stock market. It's pretty addictive. Very similar to it. That's how every company grows. That's how you scale. You got to figure out what that number is. In your guys' business, if you're a realtor, it's at cost per listing contract or cost per contract. If you're a lender, it's cost per loan app. 
Um, if you're an investor, it's cost per contract too. It doesn't matter. Um, you're buying houses um, and a lead amongst all three of those audiences is going to be worth something different based upon how much money you make on it. So you also have to take that into consideration. Folks, most of you guys, if you're an agent, you're making two and a half percent of the sales price, right? You're making fucking $10,000 on the low end, usually in the most markets nowadays to Both sometimes $20,000. So like for you to, that's the way you want to look at it. Like, Hey, I'm going to make $10,000 per closing. Would I pay $2,500 a lead? Yeah. If I knew that was going to be the case, do you think you could turn in a lead for $2,500 if someone gave you just one a month? I mean, yeah, there's no question. I <laughs> so mean, call this me. fucking guy up. Steve, why don't you tell him what your uh, stuff is? <laughs> Go ahead. Plug your stuff. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I got you, oh. Steve, Nick. I'm yeah, looking at my like, podcast. I was like, where's Steve? <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve Moore. I thought you were going to be on the show too. No, Nick, go right ahead and plug him in. Tell them where they can uh, learn more Absolutely. about you guys. All right. You guys can hit us up at realtop.com. Not to be mistaken for realtor.com. It's not an R. It's a P. Realtop.com. You can go on there, request a free consultation with myself or someone from my team. There's no charge. We'll spend you know, half an hour, an hour with you over, over a Zoom call or face-to-face if you're in the Boston area. And we'll just strategize you know, what's not working, what's working. We'll help you come up with a plan that you know, you just make a, make a, make a zillion bucks in 2022. <laughs> Love it, man. Thank you for your insight, folks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Marketing Dude Podcast. You guys know where to find us. If you don't, uh, like I said, visit the website so I could follow you all over the freaking internet. I'll see you every website, www.realestatemarketingdude.com. And if you need someone to start building your personal brand with video, uh, we will do it all for you. You don't need more videographers. You don't need more leads. You need more dudes. We'll script, edit, and distribute your video content. Uh, call us after, and we'll dial in what exactly your branding and video strategy is and make it really easy for you. All I need is a couple hours a month. Talk to you guys later. Have a good weekend and Merry Christmas. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.